Hello, welcome back to another episode of Space Talking and Teaching. I'm Flynn Cheeseman and I will be your host for this episode of Venus. I would like to say a big thank you for those of you who have been watching my podcast. Watching or listening to my podcast. I'll be attempting to put them up also on YouTube when I get the chance to. But yeah. I'd like to say a big thank you for helping me get to this mo- to get to this milestone of thirty plus listeners. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, um, I'd like to thank you a lot for helping me out on this rough stage. And until well, not until next time, but. Let's get into the episode of Space Talking and Teaching, Season 2, Episode 2, Venus. Hello, welcome to Space Talking and Teaching, I am... Um... I am Flynn Cheeseman from Space Talking and Teaching, and today, for this episode, I will be talking about Venus. So yes, it was originally we, myself, and my other friends, who I don't wish to talk about, had a disagreement and were no longer friends. If you would like to say, I'm sorry for what happened, so on and so forth, please feel free to, I don't mind. But, moving on with the episode at hand. Venus. Venus is one of the most special planets in our solar system. Because before it was made into the deadly hellish place we call hell these days, it was originally a spot Well, not so much a spot, it was more like another Earth, really, until, um, until it got so hot near the sun that the atmosphere just turned into carbon dioxide and all that, so it just got all hellish. Um, here's some information for you. Venus is the second planet from the Sun, that's obvious. Uh, Venus is also named after the Roman goddess of love and beauty, that's the Roman name Venus. As the brightest natural object in Earth's night sky after the moon, Venus can can cast shadows and can can be visible to to the naked eye in broad daylight. Well, it's daylight for me right now, and there's clouds, so I can't see it. but Venus lies within Earth's orbit, and so never appears to venture far from the Sun, either setting in the west just after dusk or rising in the east a little while before dawn. Venus orbits the Sun every... So this is quite fast for something Earth-sized. Um, orbits the Sun every two, 224.7 days, so we orbit the sun every three years, 
365 days. And on the leap year, we pretty much orbit the sun 365, 366 days a year, depending on which year it is. Um, it has a synodic day length of 117 Earth days and a sidereal rotation period of 243 Earth days. So, as a, as a consequence for that act, Venus takes longer to actually orbit on its, on its um, axis more than we do, more than Earth does. And that's because that, like, the sidereal rotational period is longer than our rotational period, because it only takes 24 hours for Earth to make a full rotation. For Venus, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer, like, bloody flaming, um, I don't know. But, here's some more information. Orbital characteristics. The Aphelion is 108,939,000 kilometers from the Sun, or in that case, 0.728213 astronomical units. The Perihelion is 107,477,000 kilometers further from the Sun. Um, and the astronomical units is 0 0.718440 astronomical units. So that's that's pretty far. Um, Semi-major axis, it is 108,208,000 kilometers. Got no clue what that is. I'll search it up after the podcast. I mean, I could search it up now. I'll search it up now. Um... The astronomical units is also 0.723322 astronomical units. Let me send it again for those who are like, what the hell? 0.723332. That's what I said. 0.723332. Um, eccentricity is 0.006772. That was a weird one. Orbital period is 224.701 days or 0.615198 years or 1.92 Venus holiday which I've got no clue what that is um, but yeah there's there's a whole lot of stuff um, flattening is zero obviously surface area is 4.6023 times 10 to the power of 8 kilometers squared or 0.902 Earths. So that's pretty big. Uh, that's pretty small, actually. Volume is 9.2843 times 10 to the power of 11 kilometers cubed. So pretty much times that and some that you get for 9.2843 times 10 to the power of, of 11. And then times that by, by itself three times. Um, or in that case, 0 0.857 Earths. 
mass is 4.8675 times 10 to the power of 24 kilograms. Ooh, that's a lot. Um, observability. Um, so for the observability, to the naked eye, Venus appears as a white point of light brighter than any other planet or star apart from the sun. The planet's mean apparent magnitude is negative 4.14 with a standard deviation of 0 0.31. What does that mean? Uh, there we go. Let's just stop, shall we, guys? Okay. Um, the apparent magnitudes of known objects range from the sun at at negative 26.7 to objects in deep harbor space telescope images of magnitude plus 31.5 the measurements of oh photometry that makes sense so venus's um photometry is negative 4.14 hmm. right That's pretty big. Um, the brightness magnitude occurs being crescent phase about one month before after inferior conjunction. Inferior conjunction, I'm really curious what that is. Now this is also a learning thing for me as well guys. I haven't done this type of thing in few months um, and a field conjunction occurs when the planet lies between the earth and the sun superior conjunction occurs when the planet lies on the opposite side of the of the sun to the earth and the inferior planets can be at inferior conjunction okay okay so Venus fades to about magnitude negative 3 when it is backlit by the sun so when so when venus is being shined is being shined upon by the sun that's when the magnitude just drops massively from negative 4.14 to negative 3 so that's a negative that's minus 1.14 drop Ooh, big. By the way, I can't mute it. <laughs> so it's either I, I stopped I stop the recording and continue from where I am, or... So do you want me to stop it? Okay. I'm so sorry about that, guys. Just some annoying person came in and distracted me. Um... Um, so, if you guys would like to, I can actually, press offline, I can actually get a proper mic, and then when I'm going to be doing a podcast, I can get that very one annoying person in, so then he can join in on the fun, that's if he wants to. Um, but, Venus drops 1.14 for the magnitude. When 
So guys, when it is backlit by, by the sun, the planet is bright enough to be seen in broad daylight. No, it's not. Uh, but it's more easily visible when the sun is low on the horizon or setting as an inferior planet. It always lies within about 47 degrees of the sun. So basically, wherever the sun is now, 47 degrees from that would be somewhere one of Venus overtakes Earth every 584 days as it orbits the sun. As it does so, it changes from the evening star visible after sunset to the morning star, visible before, visible before sunrise. Although, Mercury, the other inferior planet, reaches a maximum elongation of only 28 degrees and is often dis difficult to discern in twilight. Venice is hard to miss when it is at its brightest. Its greater maximum elongation means it is visible in dark skies long after sunset. As the brightest point-like object in the night sky, Venus is a commonly misreported, un unidentified flying object. That doesn't surprise me. Main article? Phases of Venus. Yes, apparently Venus has phases. Um, transits. Um, pentagram of Venus. The pentagram of Venus is the part of Venus makes as observed from Earth. Successive inferior conjunctions of Venus repeat every near a 13 to 8 ratio. Earth orbits 8 times for every 13 orbits of Venus. Shifting 144 degrees upon sequential inferior conjunctions, the 13 to 8 ratio is approximate. 8 divided by 13 is approximately 0 0.61538, while Venus orbits the Sun in 0 0.61519 years. Hmm. Okay, um, uh, so I think that's really all the information for which intrigues me. Ah, Galileo's discovery that Venus showed with phases. Although we were remaining in the Sun and Earth sky, proved that it, that it orbits the Sun and not Earth. When the Italian physicist Galileo Galilei first observed first observed the planet in the early 17th century, he found it showed phases like the moon, varying from crescent to gibbous to full and vice versa. When Venus is furthest from the sun in the sky, it shows a half-lit phase. And when it is closest to the sun in the sky, it shows a crescent or full phase. This could be possibly only if Venus orbit the sun. And this was among the first observations to clearly contradict the Ptolemaic ge geocentric model that the solar system was uh, concentric and centered on Earth. 
1639 transit of Venus was accurately predicted by Jeremiah Horrocks, Horrocks, and observed by him and his friend, William Crabtree, at each of their respective homes on 4th of December 1639, 24th November under the Julian calendar in use at that time. Okay. The atmosphere of Venus was discovered in 1761 by Russian polymath Mikhail Lomonosov. Sorry if there's any Russian watching this. Venus's atmosphere was, was observed in 1970 by German astronomer Johann Schrotter. Schrotter found when the planet was in was a thin crescent, the cusps extended the, through more than 180 degrees. He correctly, he correctly surmised this was due to scattering of sunlight in a dense atmosphere. Later, American astronomer Chester Smith Lyman observed a complete ring around the dark side of the planet when it was at inferior conjunction, providing further evidence for an atmosphere. The atmosphere complicated efforts to, to, to determine a rotational period of the planet. And observers such as an, an Italian-born Italian astronomer, Giovanni Cass, uh, Cassini, and Schroeter incorrectly estimated periods of about 24 hours from the motions of marking on the planet's apparent surface. Okay, so pretty much just Okay, so Sorry for me being quiet for most of the episode guys It was a bit of a tough one to find information on Venus, but you know, what can you do? Um but, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Space Talking and Teaching. I'll do another episode in an hour or two from where it is now. So we'll say 1.30. I'll do my next episode, which is going to be on Earth. Yay! Um, but, yeah, I will stop this episode and I'll do my ending part. So... I'll see you guys in two seconds. Thank you guys for watching Space Talking and Teaching. And if you have any further questions about my, my podcast, etc., please send an email to flinchies at inet.net.au. I will try my best to respond to the emails. I don't generally check my emails every day. So if I don't respond in 24 hours, you you just have to wait a bit longer but i will attempt to get back to you as fast as i can um but yeah thank you for watching episode two season two of space talking and teaching venus and until episode three look for venus for me